catches me off guard it's not like i own the word but you'll say it and i'm like but what do i say now <laughs> i mean we can say it the same way no one's policing our hello i'm gonna have to tm the word it's like hello but with 27 hello <laughs> it's six l's and like 17 o's and some of them are mm-hmm. capitalized and some of them are not welcome to bitch wash <laughs> it's been a minute yep. since we recorded last because again i know we've said it the past week but witsy's job is hell Yes, yes. So we are trying to play catch up. Speaking of that, what we're doing is basically for an indefinite period at this, since it worked well last time, we are going to be solo watching certain episodes in the middle, the more fillery episodes, if you will. And then to round it out, we're watching season openers and season enders. Yeah. That way, if we get quotes from those, awesome we're watching them together if at all possible but the rest of them solo watching because it's just not feasible at the moment indefinite time less quotes yeah got that out of the way there's way more information and way more depth on this if you guys go back and watch our instagram live it's saved on our page we addressed the format changes and why everything's happening this way but we are taking pretty good efforts to make notes as we're watching individually so we are at least getting some sprinkle of sly and witsy into this i feel like we're still pulling in our opinions and our thoughts and our jokes and stuff it's still good i think we're we're still unique enough that it's fine yeah it was cut the quotes or put a pause on the show for a bit and neither of us wanted to do that so this past weekend i watched dune mm-hmm. with my fiance and my friend alan and it was really good and i'm gonna go ahead and say it because I said it before and Witsy didn't jump down my throat about it. So I like Star Wars. It's just fine. Star Wars is fine. The story is good. I like the themes. I like the visuals. Some Star Wars movies are better than others. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's a lot of extra content in the Star Wars world. But I think we can all agree that a lot of the pacing of Star Wars is very slow. Mm-hmm. It's a very show don't tell reveal over time to get to know these people instead of, well, you know XYZ. They're the leader of blah, blah, blah. And they're the blah, 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 blah. And sometimes they get mad and sometimes they are happy, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas Star Wars just unfolds. Now, I think Dune was a lot like that storytelling aspect. And even Tanner agreed with this, that it's just a little bit faster paced Star Wars, which is kind of saying something considering the first book, which if you listen to it on audiobook, just to give you an idea, is 21 hours long. First book is split into two movies. Okay. If that tells you anything. I haven't read the book. I'm on a wait list to get the book because obviously it blew up after Dune got released. And I will let you know if you give a crap or if it ever comes back up again, where that movie stopped. I think the pacing was really good. I feel like we learned a lot about the characters and yeah, Zendaya's it a whole eight minutes so if you're watching it for her she's not there yet (laughs) she's literally only in visions and then like the last five to ten minutes of the movie Hmm, interesting but it was really good i like kind of post-apocalyptic mixed with star wars themes of futuristic stuff so we've got spaceships we've got machines and we've got fancy armor but also there are these people that live in the desert and just hang out and there's drugs in the desert called spice that make you trip balls and (laughs) it's a whole thing but yeah so i recommend it go ahead and check it out on hbo max it's got my boy timothy chalamet in it 
oh, that boy could ruin my life. And I would say thank you. Also Zendaya. Everyone loves Zendaya. I don't know very much about it. Uh, I saw a bunch of memes blow up on my Twitter about it, but I haven't had a minute to check out a movie. You played a lot of Stardew Valley this weekend. Yeah, I made a lot of progress on my solo save. So made it to the bottom of the mines. Wow. I'm in fall of the second year. I'm married to Shane. He just gave me a void chicken. So I now have a void chicken. I have two chickens. The brown chicken's new, so I don't have big eggs yet, but getting there and i just purchased a duck hell yeah sounds baller why'd you marry shane i was reading online that he like Haley. there's a lot of depth to the story yeah so i wanted to see what the depth was that story and i think i'm gonna try and court abigail and me and stone save solid abigail's a cutie patootie and you you know what's the deal with abigail right yeah i've started stumbling across some of it and me and brian save so yeah i know i know what's going on there sort i'm learning it so don't say anything but yes Stone and I, we um, were speed running the mines only with the purpose of getting down to each floor. We harvested some stuff like as we were moving down, but we'd just like go into the floors together and just start breaking a bunch of rocks as quick as we could. And we would go... (laughs) ladder and we would both run for the ladder and like clear down because we're trying to get down within so much time you know before yeah 2 a.m and yeah it would be silent like ladder 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 and it was so stupid it was the right level of like this is so stupid but it was so funny i love that yeah i don't like the mines mines is not my area I, I can't don't like fish it. to save my life, so I can clear the mines. No problem. I love fishing. My arthritic ass can fish. Figure that out. Don't understand. Do you want to go ahead and get started? We are here to discuss Gilmore Girls. We are. I was going to say that I really liked this stint to close out season two. What I remember of it, I'll be honest. I have mixed emotions about the stint. Not because I don't like the writing. Not because I don't like whatever. I don't like Dean. Dean is a real pain in my ass right now. Yeah, I want to see who wrote the majority of these. I saw a meme not too long ago where it's like, each of the Gilmore characters are XYZ. Like, Lorelai is inventive or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rory's brilliant. Jess was creative and Logan was charming. And I was like... And then it said, Dean, nothing beside Dean. Go on to Logan. (laughs) It's true. Like, I just don't like Dean. Dean is a pain in the ass. For no good reason. I can't stand him. I understand not wanting to let go of someone if you still care about them and you want to be with them. But my god, man, just move it along. In the last eight episodes, half of them are written by either side of the Paladino pair. Gotcha. Yeah, I know Amy liked to write the openers and the closers, which is another reason. I mean, not always. Apparently, Daniel wrote the last one of season three. But for the most part, she had mm-hmm. pretty good control on the openers and the closers with the exception of the last season obviously but so all right so let's bust out this tier list situation shall we would you like to go first or shall i go first i can go first i do not mind okay so this one's kind of hard for me so I keep going back and forth but my f tier i think is consistent of the guys christopher heck him max medina heck him dean heck him Tristan, heck him. I apparently was in a very giving mood when I did this because only Dean and Tristan are in my F tier. I could see why. Wait, you you move Christopher out of F tier? Uh, yeah. Why would you do it that? It must be the tank top. <laughs> if anything, this man deserves F tier this season, if no other season. Like I said, I was in a giving mood, apparently. Max, I could see because he was nice to Rory. I just don't like him. 
So whatever. He's irrelevant at this point. I'll just say I gave him a higher rating than you would expect just because of his professionalism with Rory as far as he let his personal life be his personal life and his work life be his work life. Gotcha. I will say for my D tier, so I have Christopher in the D tier. Okay. And I think the only reason he got pushed to the D tier is because I just sincerely hate Dean so much and I don't hate Christopher as much as I hate Dean. Oh, I hate them both equally. So I couldn't put them in the same category. If not, I hate Christopher more. Yeesh. So I have Christopher, I have Jess, I have Mrs. <gasps> Kim in the D tier. Hold on, this you. whole list is so weird. Mrs. Kim is in the D tier, and I don't feel like she was particularly bad, except for all the CPS punishments. Okay, she's in the D tier. And then I have Taylor yeah. Dosey. D is for Dosey. Oh my god, I can't believe you put Jess in the D tier. How dare you? I don't think, I think that's the highest he's ever ranked. I don't like him. Oh my god. My D tier is Dosey, Mrs. Kim, and Rory. Because I don't like Rory bouncing back and forth and not making up her mind and being honest with everyone involved. Or herself. Or herself. She's not doing anyone any favors here. My C tier is Lane. Just because, again, this is the neutral. Richard and Emily got bumped down to C tier because I don't like their attitudes towards Lorelai. They they tend to make everything Lorelai's fault. And don't give her credit where she should get credit, such as helping Richard out with starting up his business and things like that. Jackson, neutral, don't really care. He's just there. He exists. Paris, because we're starting to like her again. Paris is good. Miss Patty and Babette, just because they're neutral. My C tier is Rory because she's finally starting to get interesting. <laughs> But she's not good. Like, I still don't like her. That's the thing. To me, it's not even interesting because it's like, girl, just... At least she's not just like... Existing, floating, an amoeba in space. (laughs) She's finally getting a little older and starting to actually have problems that aren't... What color nail polish should I wear? But still very neutral. I'm just like, take it or leave it. Jackson's in my C tier. Michelle's in my C tier. Miss Patty's in my C tier. And Max is in my C tier. Okay, yeah. I could... I gotta understand. He got bumped to neutral again because of the professionalism. Yeah, I just don't like him. So there's that. Yeah. Well, this is the last time he'll ever be on the Mm -hmm. listing. So my B tier is Babette because I promised she was going to move up a tier for the stripper comment. And I meant it. Oh, that's right. I meant it. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Put your hand down someone's pants, honey. You mean like a stripper, Babette? Oh, it don't matter. (laughs) Lane is in my B tier. Suki's in the B tier. Paris is in the B tier. All like the best friends get like bumped. They're all at least Bs. Richard's in the B tier. Now hear me out. I don't love this sad, floating judgmental yeah sexist (laughs) but he's at least giving us character depth there's development and there's actual quantity to the character he's not just i'm not basing these on like how well they wrote a character i'm basing these on if i knew them in real life (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not saying that that's really how i'm i'm just saying like at least he's interesting to watch I guess, and I am I'm enjoying it. Like, I don't like okay. what he's going through. I think we might be judging these characters on two totally different bases. <laughs> I think it's, it's just Richard that I'm doing this to. Okay. B tier is Suki, Jess, Michelle, because Michelle's got some zingers. And Jess is starting to, like, we're, we actually see that he's not a trash human and he's not just just a punk i'd hang out with jess and then of course a tier is kirk lorelei and luke i did i really went back and forth on bumping lorelei down to b tier for her little stunt with the car situation with luke 
Yeah. Lorelai's in the A tier. Emily's in the A tier. Kirk's in the A tier, of course. And then Luke is in the A tier. My A tiers are really boring. Episode 15, Lost and Found. I mean, right at the beginning, we get annoying ass Dean. Just annoying out the butt. So Rory embarks upon a campaign to improve Lorelai's relationship with Jess. And how she plans on doing this is having Lorelai actually hire Jess to clean their gutters because my God, their gutters need clean because there's a forest growing up there. Lorelai tried to climb up there and do it herself and she messed up her wrist and she's in like a little wrap at the moment, I think. Which is ironic considering what happens later. Anyways, anyways, didn't realize that until now. Mm-hmm. Lorelai ends up hiring Jess, even though she doesn't want to after Luke persuades her that it would be great because he needs the money and it keeps him busy and he's a good worker. Out of all of his issues, when he does a job, he does a job. He is working. He's very quiet at first. Just, do you need anything? No, I'm good. I'm just working. I'll let you know when I'm done. That kind of thing. Just trying to not cause an issue, I guess, but inadvertently causes an issue because Lorelai thinks he's just being a little jerk Mm -hmm. and not wanting to conversate with her. Even though Rory says, you just don't know him like I know him. Once you get to know him, he's talkative and smart and funny and he's a cool dude. And in this moment, she also reminds Lorelai that Lorelai didn't like Luke right off the bat. Mm Mm-hmm. And that she called him Duke for the first (laughs) year or two years, Rory says. That would drive me insane. I would have murdered that woman. Like I get for like a week, a month tops, year or years. It's also on the sign. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. Rory point that out as well? I think so. <laughs> so then Lorelai invites him inside for Chinese. And I think this really softens them up towards one another. He actually eats. They have like an actual decent conversation. Back on the episode where they had the picnics, I think you may remember that we pointed out that Jess took Rory's bracelet when he saw it sitting on the bridge. Either she took it off or it fell off. One of the two. Until Dean points it out this episode. And he asks, oh, where's your bracelet? And she starts going into a full-blown panic. She comes home. Jess overhears her freaking out about this. And it he doesn't like seeing her upset. When he gets the chance, he sneaks into her room and puts the bracelet, I think, under her bed. Laura, like, catches him coming out. And she's like, so what were you doing in there? And he said, I was looking to see if Rory had this book. And she does. So whatever. Lorelai knows what's up. Especially after Rory goes in the room shortly after. On Jess's urging to go look one more time and finds the bracelet. Lorelai is pissed. Absolutely pissed. Yeah, she assumes that Jess just up and stole it for fun. Just to cause issues because that's what he did with like the gnome and things like that. I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he did it more to prove a point or just to actually see if Rory would notice it missing. If she is so in love with Dean, she would notice it missing. She pointed out that she doesn't even take it off to shower. Homegirl would have noticed because he said it had been like two weeks or something. Yeah. How did she not notice? Unless she just really did not give a rip about this bracelet, which Jess's point is proven, I suppose. Lorelai ends up confronting Jess about this and he points out, oh, well, why hasn't she noticed it drawing missing in two weeks? if she loves Dean so, so much because she's like, she loves Dean and Dean loves her. Me, me, me. I don't know why Lorelai likes Dean this much. She shouldn't like Dean this much. I- she wants to encourage her daughter's first love. I don't know, but... But she was kind of forced into that love to begin with. So like, who cares? And just just comes back with the clapback of, well, why didn't she notice it missing for two freaking weeks if she loves him so much? And Lorelai just huffs off, basically, and they go their 
separate ways. Meanwhile, in the other side of Stars Hollow, Luke is getting super annoyed with having to share the apartment with Jess. Not because he doesn't want Jess there, just that it's a cramped one room space, basically. Mm -hmm. So he sets out to find a apartment for him and Jess to share. He goes all over town looking and he ends up inviting Lorelai to come and look at this one apartment with him and the realtor mistakes them for being a couple and Lorelai plays right into this. It's <laughs> super cute. She's having way too much fun with it. They decide, yeah, no, this will be the perfect apartment. Go ahead and take it. Later on, Luke gets stopped by Dosi. Can you imagine if Dosi had the keys to Luke's apartment? He'd be dropping by all the time like, oh, I heard you uh, needed your pipe laid. Yeah, I think you need your pipes clean, daddy. Uh, <laughs> anyways, wait, would Dosi be the daddy in this scenario? Neither here nor there. Now I'm picturing it. No, I Ugh. think he would want Luke to be daddy. Yeah. Taylor craves coddling, I feel. Anyways, he hits him with, you need to fill out this application. I noticed XYZ on your application. Luke is like, how in the hell did you get my application? Well, because I own the building, Luke. I'm also going to buy this other building. And Luke goes on a tear about how Dosi can't just buy up all the buildings in Stars Hollow, which he throws the application for the apartment in the trash because he's not living under somewhere that Dosi manages. And he goes and buys the whole building that's right next to Luke's. He even even goes to Lorelai and says, I did this crazy thing. I bought a building. <laughs> and Laura's like, like, what the hell do you mean you bought a building? Well, I bought the one next to Luke so we could expand. She's like, I think this is a great idea, actually. Uh, you can expand. You can expand upstairs, downstairs. It's great. There's, I don't really see the problem as long as you have the money. I liked the episode ending where he just walks upstairs, grabs a sledgehammer and starts just beating the wall down while Jess is laying on the bed. Jess jumps up, follows him like, what the hell is going on? Luke has finally lost it. He says, here, this is your room. Finish up. And then yeah. just walks away. Jess is just like, what do I do with this? Yeah. Uh, my yeah. note is, how do I get Luke to smash me like a hammer through a wall? I don't. Do I have to give him $10,000 or how much ever he spent? $100,000? I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Depends. I don't feel like Luke's the kind of guy that could be bought, though. And that's part of his charm. <laughs> You're just like, okay, well, screw you too. Hate you. Uh, I don't have any notes for this episode because this is one of the ones where I was multitasking, but I made my observations where I, I wanted to, and I think that's about it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I, there's not much to other to say other than Dean's being an asshole. Lorelai seems out of character for loving Dean this much. I'd like to point out that Rory was very quick to be like, I took my bracelet off because I had a rash. My rash is almost healed. Like, <gasps> yes, to try to cover her own ass mm -hmm. with Dean. Yeah, she was. She came up with that lickety split. Sus. Sus. All right. Episode 16. There's the rub. Jesus, this episode was a whirlwind. It was. I also hate the title of this. I hated saying that. <laughs> I don't know why. Eh. Emily calls Lorelai up and says, you like spas, right? And she's like, yeah, like they're awesome, blah, blah, blah. And Emily's like, well, great. I won this all-inclusive package at this spa in this nearby town. I don't really like spas, so you should take my ticket or whatever. And Lorelai opens up her big fat dumb mouth and goes, why don't you like spas? They're amazing. You get massages by handsome men and you get this and this and every, every women care that you could ever want. It's all taken care of. And Emily goes, well, when you put it like that, it does sound good. I'll join you because she won a package for two people at the spa. And as soon as Lorelai like realizes that she's put her foot in her mouth, it's way too late. Yep. So Emily and Lorelai set off for a weekend of relaxation at this spa. Not only did they set off for the weekend at the spa, Lorelai, to begin with, tried 
to make it to where they would never see each other while they were there. Like, mm-hmm. as they were leaving one room, someone was going in for another treatment. And then once they get to the spa, anal Emily said, oh, they messed up our reservations. We would have never seen each other. So I insisted that they reschedule everything to where we have everything together. And Lorelai is distraught. Yep. Absolutely bummed. And she has <laughs> and she has to eat it because she can't tell her, like, oh, no, I did it. She just was like, yeah, uh, she was going to make it just seem like an accident or just a scheduling issue. But oh, man, I would have been distraught. (laughs) She reacted like she stubbed her toe in front of a child so she couldn't swear. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it is kind of cute because after Lorelai finally has her outburst of, oh, I wanted to relax. We're not relaxing. You keep talking. Just please shut the hell up during this. Now, the most awkward couples massage. (laughs) They finally start seeming like not that their relationship is magically healed but they're starting to get along and they're on each other's wavelength and they end up cutting out of the spa instead of eating whatever gross i shouldn't say gross it did sound gross i don't want to say it gross. was basically twigs and leaves yeah i don't want to say gross vegan food and make it sound like all vegan food is gross but this place was just like like you said twigs and leaves it was extreme lorelei's like nah let's bounce and go get a steak and emily's like yeah steak sounds great so they go yeah. over to this what seems like this kind of a bar with a dance floor but also a restaurant it was like kind of like an all-in-one magic place that emily would never want to go to the two of them end up sitting at the bar because it's going to be an hour wait and they're starving while they're at this bar emily is sucking down peanuts and lorelei points out that there's an older gentleman across the bar who keeps looking at emily the man eventually approaches her and they dance over a little while but when the music changes to a slow song emily feels like she's just cheated on richard and she gets upset with lorelei and storms out and cuts the night short while all this is going on back in actual stars hollow rory is so excited that her mom's going to be out the house because she never gets to have any alone time She's an only child. How is she not getting alone time? I mean, I get it. Lorelai's Lorelai's a lot, so. She's excited that she's going to have the house all to herself and she's going to do laundry the way she wants to. And she's going to order Indian food because her mom doesn't like Indian food because it leaves a smell behind. But at first, Paris ruins her plans because she insists that they study together. So she just shows up at her house. Then Jess shows up with a buttload of food from Luke, saying that Luke knew that she was alone for the evening and wanted to send by a care package to make sure she was going to eat. He insists that the only payment he needs is a fry or some fries. And then it becomes Paris, Jess, and Rory eating food and getting along and laughing Mm -hmm. and having a grand old time and then dean shows up at the end of the night as jess is leaving he gets really pissy about it and paris with the surprise rescue jumps in and says no this is all my fault i crashed rory's night and i asked her to invite jess because i have a crush on him and i was like paris is a real one she's a real one in this moment she's a real one then rory invites her to spend the night i thought that was really sweet yeah i really liked it i made a mental note later on either in this episode or the next episode we find out that luke didn't send Mm -hmm. the food it was just finding an excuse to to go over over there Yeah. And I love that because Dean brought her what? Ice cream or something? Mm -hmm. Not nourishing. This man brought her a 20 course meal. Well, I hate saying this in Dean's defense. Oof. He knew she was ordering Indian food. Jess didn't know she had plans for Indian food. So the ice cream is a good sentiment. I hate saying it. My skin is crawling. Ah, uh, yes, because I know when I have Indian food, I think, mm, you know what would be great? Ice cream. Ice cream, yeah. I'm just saying, that's why he only brought dessert. 
Ugh. Whatever. Don't give that man any more credit. He I'm doesn't not. need anything. I will say his hair had a glow up. Meh. I like this hair on him better than what he's had in the past. Meh. Or maybe he just actually looks like somewhat of a grown person instead of a child, a fetus. I don't know. Yeah. My only note for this episode is he's mean and he's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he's just hateful little shit. Oh, I said he's stupid because he bought the excuse from Paris. Because he was like, oh, yeah. Paris and Jess, huh? Okay. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. you've got to be stupid. Anyone can see this. Someone without eyes could see that this is a bull-faced lie. Oh. <laughs> Which I think might be why Lorelai pushes back on Rory spending time with Jess so much. I don't know. Which, it's, they're teenagers. It's not like they're in a, com- I guess they are committed to each other, but it's not like they're engaged. Not that that means anything to Dean anyway. He was married. Um, Even worse. <laughs> episode 17, Dead Uncles and Vegetables. Bruh, this episode gave me war flashbacks to trying to plan my mother's funeral. <laughs> the most stressful thing about, I mean, yes, like, like, I was stressed watching Luke trying to figure this whole thing out with Louie. But the whole B-plot with the guidance counselor from Freaks and Geeks, with the yeah. vegetable cart going up against Taylor and Taylor just having a complete ripping his skin off meltdown, stressed me out more. This episode was one of the rare Gilmore Girls episodes that is stressful. Because he's so unhinged. I was like, I was worried for his safety and the safety of the of others around him, so. I'm surprised he didn't just go up and just on a live graduation yeah. <laughs> to that fruit vendor, like, Dude. It was crazy. Lorelai and Rory end up pitching in at Luke's diner and actually working it and running it. I loved this. This is the one part of the episode I loved. Mm-hmm. Whenever Louis, Luke's uncle, who is despised by the entire town, basically, has passed away. And Luke is the only one who will and is setting up the funeral for this man. Even though he wasn't really nice to him, wasn't nice to anyone else in Stars Hollow, and everybody else was really happy when he moved to Florida. But he's being brought back to be buried in Stars Hollow. Now, the part that I loved was that Lorelai came up with her own slang. Like, (laughs) can I get a two chickadees looking at the sun or something like that? Dumb, dumb diner slang. And everyone's just very confused as to what the hell is going on, except for, I think, Kirk. And he's like, no, this is this, this, and this. And she's like, see? See? And the vegetable vendor loved it. Yes, the vegetable vendor did love it. I don't know his name. Do you remember his name? No, he's like Troubadour 2, and I can't even remember yeah. his name on Freaks and Geeks, which is annoying me. Hold on, I'm on, I'm on it. Keep going. Luke just has a really hard time. No one wants to show up to this guy's funeral. At one point, he throws his hands up, to which I said, man, I feel that on an emotional level. Rosso. Rosso! That's his name. Meanwhile... Taylor Dosey is losing his absolute freaking mind over Mr. Rosso from Freaks and Geeks, aka Troubadour Number Two, aka the fruit vegetable vendor dude who is selling good produce at a good price across the street from Dosey. Dosey is trying to find any way to get this guy ousted or arrested or both drawn and quartered. He brings up the fact that he doesn't have the right kind of permit because he needs a cart, kiosk, kiosk, cart. Or something permit. You go, what's his name? And I was like, I don't know. I only refer to him as Troubadour number two. You know what he's listed as on IMDb? The second Troubadour slash the minister, which I will get to eventually get to that. But it's ridiculous. Come to find out. After all of this, Dosi literally about to go have an unalive graduation for this man. Hosted for him. He's going to bring the cake. He's going to bring the music. 
the whole shebang. We find out that Troubadour number two, aka Vegetable Guy, it was just stuff he grew in his backyard and he wanted to make a couple bucks off of it and so he sold it. And by the time it comes down to a community meeting, he's done. He says that he's sold out. There won't be any more vegetables, so why are you making a big deal out of this? It's ridiculous. So stupid. Also, another side plot in this is that Emily is going absolutely batshit insane trying to plan Suki's wedding. She's wanting her to hire all these bands and there's going to be cherubs and there's going to be geese and there's going to be gold falling from the ceiling. I don't know. It's insane. Rich people wedding stuff. The wedding that she always wanted Lorelai to have was my suspicion. I was going to say, I like that Lorelai called her out on it. In any of this, Uh do you see Suki or do you see me? Which, good on Lorelai for that. And she finally just tells Suki to tell Emily to chill the hell out because Suki's having meltdowns over invitations, which Suki's very prone to meltdown anyway if things aren't quite right. And even Jackson's having a hard time with it. Oh yeah, Jackson's ready to call the whole thing off. Mm -hmm. That gets resolved, Emily gets called out and comes to the realization that yeah, it was Lorelai's wedding that she was planning, not Suki. Suki's going back to her plan A of a simple, easy wedding for herself and Jackson. Back to the main storyline. Rory ends up really going in on Jess because he needs to help more with Luke's diner while Luke is freaking out about this whole funeral. And he does. He ends up pitching in a lot and helping out. About the time that Luke gets really frustrated because no one wants to show up, no one wants to just be at this funeral for one day for him, if nothing else. They're at the funeral and Luke's there with Lorelai and they're the only two standing graveside except for, I think, the pastor. And then in comes all of Stars Hollow. The battle reenactors show up because he was in the army or navy or some form of United States defense. (laughs) And they play their songs and then the rest of the town shows up. There's a surprise wake like everyone's there or not wake I guess but everyone's there and someone like put together that there'd be food and everything and they took the pressure off of Luke for a little bit which is really nice because you know Luke's a good guy and he deserves that and I think the whole town knows that I wanted to make an observation so like you said Rory throughout the episode is pulling teeth to get Jess to pitch in well where's Jess Uh why isn't he down here and she goes up and gets him a few times and then she lays into him I said that I love this episode because dear god it shows just how easily Luke and Lorelai fit into each other's life mm-hmm. all luke had to say was hey my uncle died lorelei shows up at luke's and fills in for him and it's just there yep they just go together and she she fits in where she's needed and yeah. i said this should be an indication of the anti-parallelism between the almost relationship that's brewing right now between rory and jess mm-hmm because okay. Luke and Lorelai just slot right in. Where one is needed, the other one shows up. In between Jess and Rory, while this is brewing, but also the same thing could be said about Rory and Dean. It's a yeah. lot of give, give, give in one direction and take, take, take. There's no balance there. Actually, now that I think of it, wasn't it Jess that ended up setting up the way? All he did was open the door for Miss Patty. Rory tries to give him credit for it and he says, no, all I did was answer the phone and then I let her in. I think that was him like shrugging it off because he doesn't want to be like, oh, I did all this. I think it was him. I think that's what it's insinuated, but he just doesn't want to take credit for it. It's also within Patty's character to do it all. It goes either way. I think it was a combined effort. Yeah. Between the two of them. But it does show that Jess does care. For Luke, yeah. Yes. Episode 18, Back in the Saddle Again. I really like this episode. To briefly touch on what you had said from the last episode, the episode opens with Suki having an absolute meltdown about wedding invitations because they've come in and they say Jackson and Susie. 
And obviously her name is not <laughs> Susie and she just completely loses it. And my very first note of this episode is this is why I designed and printed my own wedding invitations. I didn't print of them, I guess. Of course you did. But I designed of my own. Of course you did. My wedding invitations were not going to say Aaron. My name was going to be on my invitations. But I'm just saying, that's a very Suki Paris thing of you to do. It's a very Paris thing because Suki obviously didn't do it. I'm just saying if Suki would have had the resources and the time. This is why I did this myself. I don't trust people. So we find out towards the top of this episode that Michelle is absolutely giddy because his mother Giselle is coming to town to visit and he is so excited to see her. As soon as she walks in, I have a note that says, wow, a French accent even faker than Michelle's. (laughs) (laughs) I was drinking my water. You're absolutely right. That French accent is atrocious. Yannick Truzo doesn't actually speak that way. So his accent is- You think that man would get a job in Hollywood if he spoke that way? He grew up in Canada. He grew up around it. So like, I get it, but that's not his accent. Then he brought in this woman to be his mother. And then they were like, you need to sound like Michelle, but even more. Good Lord. So yeah, my accent was like, wow. And that French accent even bigger than Michelle's because woof. Sheesh. But the two of them are hitting it off and they're laughing and giggling and eating all the pasta even though Michelle doesn't eat carbs. But Lorelai accidentally reveals this to Giselle. Or to Giselle. To Giselle. 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 Basically. <laughs> oh, the guest. Basically how the two of them sound. But she's like, yeah, it's so great to see Michelle eat pasta with you because he doesn't even eat carbs. Giselle's like, I didn't know anything about this. And she realizes that Michelle's lying. And so she starts questioning Michelle about every aspect of his life. Where are you going? How long have you done this? Why are you doing it this way blah 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 and it's driving michelle crazy and he rips into laura live because your relationship with your mother sucks doesn't mean like everyone's relationship with their mother has a suck and you've ruined this for me and i'm like well it wasn't really great uh but okay this is like some major eating disorder things happening here i don't i yeah, don't this, i don't like it I mean, I get that it's a mother-son relationship, but it's also, it also has the vibe of like 13 to 14 year old PDA in the hallway where it's sickening to look at. Yeah, it's very odd for a mother-son relationship. It wasn't incestuous. I'm not saying that, but it was just, it was no. way over the top. Like, But you know what it is? It's a mother and her gay son kind of a relationship, but we're not going to talk about it because, you know, Michelle's queer coded, but we're not going to talk about it. Not yet. Not yet. The early 2000s just weren't ready for this. They weren't. The main part of this episode is Rory is working on a project within a group for the Chilton's annual business fair, which we heard nothing of the year before. But part of the project is that they have to have a parent supervisor or a parent advisor. It goes around the group that no one has a parent that can contribute to this either because they're not able or their schedule doesn't allow. And the whole group goes, well, why don't you ask Lorelai? Because she runs an inn and she's getting a business degree. And Rory's like, oh, I really don't want to. uh." Lorelai convinces her to ask Richard. Richard's been tinkering on a car this stint because he needs something to do with all of his free time. Rory goes over and approaches Richard about it and at first he turns her down. She's like, no, it's no problem. You know, whatever. I just thought I would ask and she leaves to go back to school. Emily comes out at the end of this conversation and after Rory leaves, she asks Richard what, you know, what the conversation was about. Richard says, she just asked me to be an advisor for this business project, but I told her I wasn't interested. Emily loses it absolutely loses it and i have a quote that says damn emily because she just looks at him square i mean the height difference between these two is is astounding but it never stops her from squaring up to richard she is very quick to put him in his place and she goes are you that lost and it it like it hurt me i was like damn i gotta find myself uh 
true. Oof. You worship that little girl. You do everything she ever asked and you told her no for this when you're the perfect person to help her and just and then all of a sudden Richard shows up and is helping her with her project. Dude, he was hopeless with that car. Homie was hopeless. He was getting sprayed down and even Emily called him out. She's like, you come in covered in oil and goo all the damn time. Get in a suit and go do what you're good at. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, ma'am. So this amazing out of this world project that they've created for this business fair is a first aid kit for a locker. The big appeal of it is that you could not customize it, but it would come in a bunch of different colors and patterns and stuff. And it would be the convenience. Instead of having to go to the nurse, you would have everything you need in your locker. Woohoo. Yeah. They don't win. They come in second place, I think. Richard and Hanlon, the headmaster, kind of square up because Richard can't take it that they lost, even though he thinks they have the superior project. And Hanlon is like, I don't see the children throwing temper tantrums. They're not upset about it. You need to calm down. Prior to this blowout, he even he slips in the snide remark of, I don't really see you as a man of retirement. What are you doing with all your time? I just imagine you would work forever. And Richard's like, I really don't like retirement. And this is what is kind of the catalyst for him to go back to work but for himself yeah to start a second career i don't know why handlin is so digging into richard's personal life because they're friends are they emily and biddy go way back (laughs) of course handlin's wife's name is biddy i bet she an old biddy too Mm -hmm. you have to remember the, the rich run into circles so i mean i guess it just seemed not his place that's how the rich people do too they run in circles and they get into stuff that's none of their damn business mm-hmm. especially the white men they just get all up in things that aren't their business uteruses reproductive rights all kinds of stuff oh i have one other note about this so one of the about the locker situation this product Uh. they gather for a business meeting at the gilmore manor paris is already there and she's like handing out binders to everyone and she keeps calling richard richard instead of mr gilmore Mm -hmm. and i made a note maybe it's because i'm southern but it really bugs me that paris keeps calling richard by his first name i understand that i also understand why they did it is because paris is so up there that she is on par with Richard. She is batting at his level and he respects her, which I like this aspect. He doesn't just see her as, oh, it's some dumb teenage girl. He sees her as an equal and he treats her as such. So they're acting as colleagues as opposed to mentorship. It's definitely a colleague situation. It's also this story takes place in Connecticut and it isn't. Mm -hmm. If this story were told in like Georgia, he would have a belt hanging on the wall every time she slipped up and said Richard. Yeah. It'd be Mr. Gilmore to you, you know? So just to me, I'm just like... Why didn't she call him Mr. Gilmore or Mr. Richard? It's a Southern thing built onto the back it of my is. brain. Same, same. I've done a lot of unlearning with that though, because I don't agree with that concept because it's it's a respect earned has always been my thing. So like my physical therapist, she's earned my respect. So I say, yes, ma'am. Yeah. My teachers in college. Yes, ma'am. Even though they said, oh, call me Kirsten or call me Tiffany. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah. Random ass kid who has like no relation to this man. I don't know. I, I just, I have it the other way around. Richard just seems too familiar to me. My thing is, is that was beat into me so much, but I just have changed my thought process on that. Yeah. And then the last point of this whole episode is that Dean is starting to really spiral out because Rory lost that bracelet, even though she's found it again. And he's still spiraling from not winning the lunch basket bid. He starts calling her 57 times a day. He's paging her. He is showing up when they get home from Friday night dinner. He is everywhere. He is there when she gets home from school, even if she's not coming home from school because she's got to be a business meeting with Paris and Richard. Lorelai, I feel like, oversteps her boundaries and like brings some inside 
inside the house and is like, look, if you love something, you got to give it a little space. And I'm like, this isn't really your place, Lorelai, but okay. I would feel awkward as hell if my mother was giving my now husband relationship advice. I have a different relationship with my mother figures than I think you do with yours. Laura gives me advice all the time. It's a little touchy for me. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's also different because they're kids. Yeah, that's that's the other thing too. I was like, he's 16. But also, that might, well, I'm saying that might be a life lesson he takes with him for the rest of his life. Absolutely not. (laughs) Relationships are doomed from now until hell freezes over. She did give him some sound advice of, you need to give it some space. Stop being obsessive. You're being a creep. I'm about to call the cops and have you locked up, bro. Yeah. I made a note that said, Dean needs to learn the tighter you hold on, the more you push away. And then all of two minutes later, Lorelai's saying basically the same thing. So yeah, Dean's just going little ape shit in this episode. And like I said, it's a big difference because they're also children. Yeah. And let's be honest, Rory is not being honest with him whatsoever. not at all. There's that weird line where I think even they mention it in this stint where Lorelai says, Rory's my best friend and my daughter. Mm -hmm. I think it was in the Spa Day episode. And oh, yeah. Be- because Emily was like, why can't we have a relationship like you and Rory? Well, Rory's my best friend and I'm her best friend mm-hmm. and she's also my daughter. So it's just that weird thing of it's a weirder dynamic there. Yeah. But I see where you're coming from, but I also see where she came from, especially when you feel kind of parental over these kids. Yeah, I, I, I just wish she would have encouraged. I mean, I guess she did talk to Rory about it. And Rory wouldn't say anything. Yeah, she needs to push Rory more. God forbid Rory Whenever Lorelai says, don't do this thing, please, for the love of God, keep your mouth shut. God knows Rory's going to turn around and be like, Grandma, Grandpa, we need money. Grandma, Grandpa, can I have graduation? Okay, I need some some money. Can you write me a check, please? Thank you, Grandma, Grandpa. Like, what? She should have reversed psychology. You don't talk to your boyfriend about how you don't need space. She should have been calling him up right then. So I think Lorelai feels somewhat responsible for the two of them. I don't know. You know what I'm saying. It's just that weird thing. Whatever. We'll be right back after a quick break. Episode 19, Teach Me Tonight. Boy, do I have notes for this episode. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) I just read these. (laughs) Same. Lorelai's complaint about Taylor's choice for the, quote, movie in the square night lands her the responsibility for picking the evening's entertainment, which I said, boy, that is uncharacteristic of Dosie to put Lorelai in charge of picking a movie. That is dangerous, my friend. He wanted her to shut the hell up. But Dosie, the control freak of all control freaks in this town, are you kidding me? As if he ever bothered to listen to a woman before in his life. She's super stoked about this and she's quickly dampened by Dosie when he says that she must must make the choice from a list of free movies, which does not include any good ones. It's just kind of trash overall. So she's really busting her hump to try to get this movie to be a hit for everybody. While Lorelai is trying to get this event organized, she agrees with Luke's request that Rory try and tutor Jess because Jess is not having a good time in school, which is kind of weird because Jess is really smart, but I guess just school isn't for him and that's fine. School system is broken. I've said this a million times. He's also making it a point not to participate or go to school and he's stealing every single baseball Mm -hmm. that the school owns. Bruh, they talk about later that they're having to use tennis balls or something. You're (laughs) telling me this 
school in a seemingly well-to-do, you know the property taxes in that town, ain't you? They can't afford more baseballs. I can go down to the dollar store and get you some for about five bucks for like 10. May not be quality, but neither are tennis balls. I had a note that said, OMG, an early introduction of movie night in the square, because this becomes a thing later. And then there is an argument after Luke goes to the school and meets with the principal and finds out that Jess is going to flunk and he'll have to mm-hmm. repeat the 11th grade if he doesn't like get his shit together. They're having an argument and Luke's like, what are you going to do when you're done with school? Like, what is your plan? Mm-hmm. Jess is like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just work in a diner as a slight towards Luke. And I made a note that said, little bitch boy, this man owns the diner. So he's just going to stay where he is, basically, is what he's saying. So Luke, when he goes over to ask Rory, he bribes his way into the door with brownies. He gives Lorelai brownies that he put too much cocoa powder in. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yes. As he's like thanking her on, on his way out, he's like, I'll see if I could screw up a cake later. And I said, Luke Danes, you can screw up this cake if you want with two side eye emojis. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just out here saying, ooh, extra cocoa. Did you see her face times? when she tried them? Yes, that was me At though. At first oh. she was disgusted. She was like, mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ah, I should do that. I should make some dark chocolate brownies. Sounds really good. Lorelai goes ahead and agrees that Rory can tutor Jess. They are tutoring. They are working on his school stuff. And then they decide to take a study break and go get some ice cream. They're driving Rory's car that Dean made her around the square. And he wants to go back to the diner. But she says, no, like one more one more spin around the block and then a dog runs out and they end up getting into an accident which really screws up her car which leaves Rory calling Lorelai from the hospital saying now you can't freak out I'm fine everything's fine except for the car the car's not fine and we got into an accident Jess was driving but it wasn't his fault no one seems to listen to her about it not being Jess's fault, which mm-hmm. in this case, it was, it was, but it wasn't. He was behind the wheel, but like she later says, she wanted to keep going. Yeah. If it was up to Jess, they would have been safe inside the diner. Um, Lorelai, of course, freaks out. She races to the hospital. She even calls Christopher. She's at the hospital. She has the doctors go over her completely, do all the tests, run everything, make sure she's okay. And she's fine, except for just a sprained wrist. Well, no one can find Jess. And Luke is freaking out because where's Jess? He could be hurt. He could have concussion. He could have a number of things and he can't find him. And I felt like Lorelai was being so selfish about Rory's well-being when Luke was also concerned about his child. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Rory was hurt, quote unquote. But my God, it's a sprained wrist. Let's take it down a notch. Let's observe what's going on. Luke's concern which he was very concerned for Rory, but he knew that she was taken care of. Because mm-hmm. if Rory didn't have anyone, you know Luke would be there. Yeah. For he Rory. even said that. He's like, I care about that kid more than I care about myself. Exactly. But Lorelai could not put that aside and uh, understand why Luke was focusing on Jess in that moment, mm-hmm. which I think was just very selfish. And that was a note that I made. Yeah, she just came unraveled. Just because this was, I guess, the first major issue that she had where Rory got hurt. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Jess ends up being just fine. <sighs> It is this huge constant fight. This this episode stressed me out too of Luke and Lorelai fighting about this. Mm-hmm. When there's not really much to fight about. Christopher gets pulled into it and he spends the night at Lorelai's house. I just don't feel like there should have been an argument between the two. Yeah, it's just that tensions were high because they were both so concerned about their kid respectively. It kind of boiled over and they 
both wanted the other to see their perspective Mm -hmm. and they just didn't they ended up telling each other to go to hell so like it just got blown way out of proportion you do need a moment when you come when you go that high while i do think you are correct in that they both blew it out of proportion i do feel like lorelei was the more selfish of the two lorelei 100 percent instigated it as well oh yeah because she walked into the diner looking to rip jess's head off and luke doesn't even know at this point that there's been an accident yeah so he's at zero and she's coming in hot at a hundred. It's just really sad. I don't know. I don't like it. And then the rest of the town is like, oh, that Jess kid, blah, 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 blah. This Jess kid, poor Rory, poor Rory. Yeah, because they think Rory pisses gold. And even Rory's sick of it, which is saying something because she loves to be the golden child. Mm-hmm. She can't stand it when she's not. She finally just breaks and it's like, it wasn't even Jess's fault. It was my fault. And this is after Luke has sent him away, sent him back to live with Liz, his sister, and is going to ship all his stuff back which is heartbreaking for luke because luke loves that kid despite all his flaws but jess has made leaps and bounds with him it's just a whole freaking mess it pisses me off the car's totaled by the way frick the car i don't know i guess it was a pretty car but dean's associated with it don't need it (laughs) movie night rolls around turns out kirk has convinced lorelei to show his film and lorelei is ecstatic about this movie she's like it's a hit we're showing it before the main movie and we're showing it after it's Great. And I said, Kirk's film, it's very David Lynch, who is the director of Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. by the way, yeah. and other movies, in case you didn't know. One actually is Dune. He, he directed a Dune movie back in the day. But yeah, it was very David Lynch. And I would have watched that forever. I, I could have watched that forever. It was beautiful. A few notes to close out this episode. I said, Jesus Chris is finally being a good dad. Right? Once his kid may or may not be damaged. Yeah. Kirk's short film is my favorite thing in the world. And then in all caps, holy shit, I forgot Kirk also dances in this. <laughs> yes, that dancing was on point. I forgot about that. I also said that Lorelai must have some great insurance because those tests cost a lot of damn money. <laughs> yeah. Episode 20, Help Wanted. This episode made me feel a certain type of way. Episode opens with Dean coming home from Chicago. He and his whole family have been out for a little while. Just to explain why Jared Padalecki has not been working on this show for a little bit. They were like, oh, he went back to Chicago. As he's coming home and pulling his luggage out of the family car, he sees Rory sitting on the porch. She has written him a letter to explain what happened with her arm and what happened to the car and you know that everything's fine because Jess has been shipped out of town and he can relax. I uh, have a note at the very top that said this dumb bitch out here writing a letter did she not watch Friends? I don't know what that means. You know the whole we were on a break. Oh yes. Well part of that while they're on that break Rachel wrote Ross a three page front and back letter like expressing her love and all of her thoughts and he doesn't read it and that's when he goes hooks up with another. It's a whole thing but it's all because Rachel wrote this stupid long freak letter and so it was just did she not watch friends okay never mind dean's bummed about the car but he's glad that she's okay and he's over the moon excited that jess is gone because he just kept feeling like jess was moving in on his girl gross that sentiment is disgusting and god knows he did not have enough going for him to keep that pinned down yeah i think one of the episodes prior like the end of the episode is lorelei coming home and dean is waiting outside their house and he's like she's into jess isn't she and then he walks off i'm like 
Right. Break up with her then. If it's that much of a problem, break up with her. Don't drag this shit out. We'll get there. Anyways, so like you said, Rory is just very upset this episode because everyone keeps saying that Jess was at fault for the accident and thank God he's gone and good thing that Luke took out the trash. And everyone's just being really nasty and sassy about it. Rory's very upset because she feels like she's equally at fault because she told Jess to keep driving. And she let him drive. Yeah. With all this noise in town, Luke takes a day off. He closes the diner and he spends the day fishing, which good for him. Yeah, I said that Luke's diner is closed, so that must mean hell has frozen over. Yeah, I was also very confused about him closing the diner in this episode because... There's an episode coming, I would put money on it in season three, where Luke has what they call dark day, his dark day, and that's when he closes down the diner. And I remember Lorelai's very confused then. Uh And they were like, Luke never closes. And I'm like, but he's closing right now. Like, I didn't think this was Luke's dark day, which it wasn't. Yeah. We'll get there, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be season three. We're going to get there pretty soon. Okay, speaking of Dean, I think it was someone whenever they were walking through like the town or something mentioned that, or maybe it was Lorelai even that said, we think Dean is fantastic. I said, we thought Dean was fantastic. When? (laughs) Sorry, I just wanted to throw that one out there. When he's staring at her reading, when he watched her from across the courtyard, when he made out with her in the middle of the supermarket. Whenever he broke up with her because she didn't want to say I love you yet. When he yelled at her in front of her soon-to-be best friend because another boy was in her house. Whenever he chewed out her mom and sassed back at her for no good reason. We could keep going. We got the receipts. We do. We got the receipts. And you know what they are all titled? Dosey's Market, where this little son of a bitch works. You know who doesn't have a receipt? Rory for the cornstarch she, she stole. A thief. Everyone's out here, Rory, you're so good. Rory, you're so great. She's a thief. She's a thief. And at least, at least... Jess stole things that were like public in the public domain-esque a gnome every single baseball from that school that school had enough money you know they were just overfunding the sports teams like they always do speaking of the topic of everyone being like wow Jess was a bad guy and Rory is so lucky she came out of this alive Babette catches her (gasps) yes on her porch as Rory's trying to go into her house and she's telling her bad boys happen to the best of us and she goes on and on and on about how she was part of a cult for a little while she joined a whole ass cult she was part of the Manson family man and and she goes on and on and on about a cult and this and she's like, but I got out of that sugar. She's like, it happens to all of us or something. But I said, Christ, Babette, she has a fractured wrist. She's not knocked up. Like there's a slight side plot in this that there is now a new music shop in town and this is where Lane really falls into love with music and creating music. She stumbles across her purpose in life that she's going to be a rock drummer. My note is yay, this is Carol King. Uh, if you don't know, Carol King and her daughter sing the theme, the opening theme to Gilmore Girls. Leave? So um, it's just cute that Carol's like actually in the show. Yeah, I liked Lane's enthusiasm. She vitally convinces her to let her practice. I forget Carol's character's name. Yeah, I don't know. She convinces her to let her practice on the drum set. She'll work there after school for free. Mm -hmm. All she wants to do is be able to practice. She finally is like, all right. And then as she's walking, she's like, I'll be in the back in case the cops show up. And she's like, um... Can you turn off the lights? Sometimes my mom walks this way because she doesn't want her mom to see her on the drums. (laughs) It's precious. I like this side of Lane more than cheerleader Lane. Yeah. Cheerleader Lane didn't make no damn sense. No. But the main point of this episode is that Richard is opening this new office. He's going into business for himself to be an insurance consultant. And he desperately is needing a secretary because he was trying to to snake his previous secretary. But of course, it's a brand new business. So he doesn't have the big money 
to be able to pay the secretary the same amount of money that she's making at the current company. So he's kind of at a loss at what to do. Lorelai offers to pitch in for a little bit and help him at least set up interviews and get some things in the office organized. You could tell that he's really enjoying spending time with her. I made a note, oh my gosh, Lorelai taking Richard off office supply shopping my heart. Because it's really cute. Like it was almost like taking a kid through like the toy store. I have mixed emotions about this. The shopping part was really cute. Yes. I love that part, but he's starting to take advantage of her. That and my thing is, is if you remember the freaking episode that rubbed me the wrong way so much about Richard, where he comes to the inn and is nitpicking Lorelai, mm-hmm. and then he is just like a child not knowing where he is in running a business, which is what he was supposed to be laying down for her. You don't do this in business. You don't do this in business. But obviously starting a business and managing a business like the day to day, Lorelai is much better at. Yeah. Than Richard is. He has no idea because he's always been in that rich man position where he walked in and everything was there. He had a secretary. He had the stuff he needed. And he doesn't know the first thing about running his own business. Yeah. I'm glad that Lorelai was able to do that. I'd have been a little bit more like, yeah, dad, look at this. Yeah. Remember how you were nitpicking me? Look at it now. But you didn't know Office Max had paper clips. So Lorelai finally is like, the last person we just interviewed is great. You really need to hire her. And he's like Mm -hmm. trying to push up like, no, we need to see more applicants. And she's like, I have a job. I have a life. Like, I can't be here every day. Richard just completely shuts down. Ends up ultimately hiring that last applicant that they interviewed together, Karen. They throw um, an office or a business opening party. That's when Lorelai and Rory go at it at the party. They move it out to the hallway, but they go into the argument about how it isn't just Jess's fault for the accident. And she just lets Lorelai have it. And then she goes home. So she goes back to Stars Hollow. And as she's coming into town, she sees that Luke is getting back from his fishing trip. I really like how this episode ends with him like telling her to come in and getting her something to eat and like asking her about how her wrist is and I made a note that Luke is such a dad to Rory and then I said cries forever. I really like that he doesn't let what's going on between he and Lorelai affect his relationship with Rory. I was gonna say the exact same thing. That's a grown-ass man. That is a grown-ass man. That is not a petty little bitch. That is a grown-ass man who's got his priorities in order and his shit together. Mm-hmm. One thing that pissed me off in this episode, and this is a personal bone to pick, when Rory's walking through town. Hold on, I think I made another quote. Dosi says, pain is the body's way of saying, I'm not okay, but I will be soon. I said, this middle-aged man who probably tells people with chronic pain to just do yoga and eat yogurt <laughs> has never actually experienced pain. That was just my note. Episode 21, Lorelai's Graduation. Lorelai and Rory end up having breakfast at Suki's. It's this new breakfast place. It's because Lorelai's avoiding Luke because they're still on the outs because Lorelai's petty and she doesn't want to say she's sorry and I don't think Luke actually has anything to say he's sorry for. Personal opinions. They end up having breakfast there and we actually end up seeing them go to another diner as well where the waitress is all like, what can I get you? And they give them (sighs) tiny cups of coffee and Lorelai's like, bruh, I'm gonna need you to leave the pot. Can you also bring me a bowl for my coffee? <laughs> because they always drink out of those big ass mugs. It's great. Because who wants to do that? Those little cups. There's no point. They end up not being able to avoid each other because it stars hollow and they end up running into each other at Dozie's Market. When she does bump into him, kind of insinuate, hey, maybe we can smooth things over, but she's not going to be the first one to do mm-hmm. it. And Luke is like a deer in the headlights. He doesn't know what the hell she's talking about and just goes on about his business. Be direct. Communication. 
communication is key. In an effort to help Lorelai through some final exam stress, Rory gets her excited about attending her college graduation ceremony. And Lorelai's even excited about this. At first she blows it off and then she's like, no, yeah, I am graduating and it's gonna be great and we can go out for dinner afterwards. Rory says she would take her wherever Lorelai wanted to go. So Lorelai starts joking that they're gonna eat at the Eiffel Tower and yeah, super expensive. Yeah. And it would be Rory's treat, yeah. which that's still cute. Mm-hmm. Rory ends up, because she always gotta stick her nose and do the thing that her mom says don't do. She ends up inviting Emily and Richard to this. And she sets it out as, I need you guys to not say anything until I'm done talking. And she says, here's two tickets. Take it or leave it. I gotta go. It was really cute that Emily had set up tea for them. Yeah. And they end up agreeing that they should go. That will come in shortly. Rory, who was supposed to be on her way to school, after a late night phone call from Jess the night before, cuts school and visits him in Manhattan. She catches a bus. She rides her little ass up there. She could have gotten murdered. She could have gotten grabbed. She doesn't have a cell phone. Where are they gonna find her? In a ditch. And she has a great time with him and they go on the subway and they eat hot dogs and they go to this record store where Rory finds the perfect present, graduation present for her mom. They finally end on good terms and admit that they miss each other. Yeah. And they miss each other's company. It's really cute. I like their day together. The issue is, is that Rory's bus, she didn't get the right bus and it's making a ton of stops and there's no way it's going to make it to Lorelai's graduation in time. She ended up calling Suki to let her no, but we're not quite there yet. She didn't want to make her mom panic. Back at Lorelai's side of this episode, Christopher ends up sending Lorelai a gift basket filled with fun goodies. They're talking on the phone while she opens it and she finds that there's a very, very, very expensive, I think, pearl necklace. Just floored. And he's, I'm very proud of you. This is great for you. Have a good night. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird because we don't really hear Sherry mentioned in this phone call because she asks how Sherry is and he just says she's out of town. Yeah. So something's a brewing and lol Christopher. Christopher's brain. Well, it's not where things are brewing, but okay. Continue. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not in his brain. Lorelai is shocked whenever she gets to her graduation. She sees Emily setting up a whole ass camera crew with audio equipment and a photographer. Jesus Christ, yeah. Her classmates basically blow her off because they're like, oh, some spoiled rich girl's here. And then they realize that it's her. She's the spoiled rich girl, which is stupid. Who cares, y'all? All adults going to a community college? Calm down. They just wanted to let Seth MacFarlane run his freaking mouth. Oh my God. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane was in this. Why? Why? You were so unnecessary. So unnecessary, Seth. She graduates. Emily and Richard are about to cry. Emily does cry. Mm-hmm. Full bawling tears. Suki tells Lorelai that, yeah, she's not going to make it. After, she's like, where's Rory? And she's like, mm, she's waiting for you at home. Rory's furious with herself. When Rory finally arrives at home, Lorelai forgives her because of course she does. Like, what are you going to do? Hold this against her forever. And she realizes that the trip to New York may indicate that her daughter has fallen for Jess fully at this point, despite her protests to the contrary. Rory insists that they're just still friends, but Lorelai knows. How are they gonna know? She's not gonna know. They're gonna know. I have a note that when Lorelai is celebrating that her graduation's the next day and that she doesn't have to take any more tests, she's drinking margaritas and it seems like out of the pitcher. Or she at least brings the pitcher back into the living room and she asks Rory when she's had too many margaritas and I just said the limit does not exist. And then <laughs> when Lorelai is talking to Emily before this uh, the graduation, 
she says something about blah 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 your father blah 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 and she's like my father and Emily goes you remember him don't you tall bow tie and it made me <laughs> laugh for a solid like two minutes and then yeah. at the very end when Rory is so upset with herself for being late mm-hmm. she's like riddling off all these punishments she should go to bed without yeah. dinner she shouldn't have any ver- she should have all of her books taken away no radio no TV no this no this no this she's not even allowed to breathe I was like Rory is a freak and she's spending too much time at the Kim house true true <laughs> can you imagine if this had been Mrs. Kim's graduation finally episode 22 I can't get started dang okay witsy calm down I'm like I don't understand why this episode was titled this then I was like what happened in this episode and I was like oh Christopher <laughs> Christopher happened. Christopher always happens. So this is the episode where Suki and Jackson are finally getting married and it's very cute and it's perfect and it's lovely. And as the wedding's drawing closer, Lorelai finally takes it upon herself to break the silence between she and Luke, between her and Luke, and she goes into the diner and she apologizes profusely at the counter. Luke's like, what do you want me to say? Here's your coffee. Here's the the donut. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, I just want Luke back. Like, I don't want to keep arguing. I don't want the stale air between us. I just want things to be normal. And I don't really remember how things get resolved. I guess they don't in this episode, right? It just kind of like fades. Actually, is there any more interaction between the two of them this episode? No, because Christopher comes into town and has to bump everything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, I don't. I think this is about it. It just kind of is stagnant but she has apologized so they've at least put that stepping stone in the way there but yeah christopher comes to town because of course he does um for the removal of rory's cast it gets mentioned that oh tonight or whatever you know is suki's rehearsal dinner you should come and so he goes and they have a good time and he's like man i almost wish i could stay for the wedding and she's like why don't you you can come be my date and i'm like lorelei Victoria Gilmore, shut your damn mouth. We found out that her middle name is Victoria in the last episode of her graduation. They didn't say my middle name at my graduation. That was so weird. I graduated too long ago and I can't remember. I definitely don't think they did at my college graduation because that was way too many people. But I was trying to think of my high school graduation. I don't think so. I didn't have a high school graduation. Oh, that hurts my brain. I can't remember. Anyways. So, like I said, Chris is in town, blah, 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 blah. Lorelai and Chris are like really warming up to one another. There's one point where he's staying at the end the night before the wedding and she accompanies him up to his room and they freaking smash again. <sighs> she comes down to the kitchen to get some snacks. And as she comes into the kitchen, Suki is in her full wedding dress. She's got her <laughs> veil. Her makeup is done to the freaking nine. She's got her hair done. And she is plucking edible flowers off of her cake and trying to put different ones on. And she's trying to redo the whole thing because mm-hmm. she had a dream that it wasn't right or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Lorelai pulls the flowers out of her hands, tells her she looks beautiful, tells her she just needs to breathe, go home, come back tomorrow, get married. It'll be over. Fine. Yeah. As I mentioned, Lorelai and Chris freaking get it on. So Lorelai gets the snacks as she promised. She raids the kitchen for whatever Suki's left behind and she comes upstairs and Christopher's sitting on the bed there in a white tank top and what I assume are pajama pants. Let's be honest. I can't really remember what he's wearing on the bottom. The shoulders kind of got me. Frank, long time old friend, but here's a quote. That wallpaper, atrocious. There's wallpaper in this room? How do you, how are you seeing wallpaper? Avert your eyes from the man and the wife beater to the wall. There's walls in this room? (laughs) There's, they're inside a building? They're in a room? Yes. Did you also notice that Lorelai is also in this shot? Lorelai's here? 
Thanks. Thanks. I couldn't have told you anything else about that room. Was there a room? I know that the wallpaper was yellow and I was shocked. That's all I remember. There's yellow wallpaper? As a joke, I know there's, I mean, uh, I know that there's wallpaper. Could not, honestly could not tell you it was yellow. (laughs) Couldn't tell you a damn thing. If I'm guessing, maybe floral, but also striped, but I could not tell you the colors. I I feel like it was like in either yellow or off-white. It was somewhere in that like family where you're like, "Eh." Couldn't tell you the color of the walls. Couldn't tell you the color of the bedding. Couldn't tell you. I think the lights were dimmed because it was like supposed to be like post like coitus. Um, coitus. 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 I honestly couldn't tell you anything. I know Lorelai's wearing a robe, but I could not tell you the color of that robe. I don't know. I was looking at the wallpaper. Christopher had my attention. I was... All right, get on to why we hate Christopher. No, I'm saving that for the end. There is a big B plot in this episode that all of a sudden we've not heard any mention of it until right in this freaking second that Paris is running for student body president for their senior class the next year. Is anyone surprised? Well, no. no one's surprised, but you don't just throw together an election overnight. Like they would have been talking about this for weeks and she realizes that she's not going to get elected because she's not likable. Yes, she's the most competent, she's the smartest, but she's not likable. And so she decides that Rory is going going to be her likable counterpart and she makes Rory be her vice president. Rory goes along with it even though she really secretly hopes that they're going to lose because if they win they have to go to Washington DC for six weeks over the summer for some like junior leadership council and she Mm -hmm. doesn't want to spend her whole summer away from Dean. Oh my god who cares. And she doesn't want to stay in a room with Paris for six weeks and I'm like babe girl the two of you can be going to Yale and you're going to be roommates and six weeks in DC is going to be looking like nothing. Anyways (laughs) we find out within this episode that Paris does win that the two of them will be president and vice president the following school year. At some point towards the end of this episode, Luke goes upstairs from within the diner up to his apartment and Jess is standing inside. He asks, how did Jess get in? He's like, I used the door. And he's like, no, 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 I've been in the diner. I would have seen you come in. He asks what the hell Jess is doing here. And Jess says, I want to come back. Luke says he can stay as long as things are going to be different. So Jess actually has to get his act together and do well in school and actually apply himself. He can't just keep skating by. Jess tells him that he's going to go out for a little bit, but he will come back and help Luke close up the diner later that evening, which already shows initiative in the right direction. And as he heads out the door, Luke just kind of knowingly says, don't bother Rory. She and Dean seem to work out the whole accident thing. Like they're doing well. Don't go mess it up. Again, it's none of his business. Yeah. But he cares for Rory. So yeah. Plus like the whole town will come be against him. Yeah, exactly. So even though Dan broke Rory's heart and everyone hated him not that long ago, including Luke. Yeah. Cut back over to the wedding, to Suki and Jackson's wedding. It's a beautiful wedding. They're getting married at the inn. For some reason, I thought they got married at the gazebo. No. I don't know why I thought that. It's because Lorelai and Luke get married under the I know that's where they get married, but I could have sworn. But no, they get married at the Independence Inn. It's a beautiful ceremony. Jackson's wearing a kilt because all the men in his family get married in this very specific kilt right before Lorelai and Rory are supposed to go down the aisle. Jess shows up at this wedding. Rory sees him. She goes over and talks to him and he says that he's back. He's staying. Without thinking, she she jumps in and kisses him and then she runs off. She's like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. And then she runs off. At the same time, Lorelai is talking to Chris. She's already opened her mouth to Emily that she and Christopher are going to be seeing each other a little bit more often because, quote, he's going to be coming into town to see his daughter more. She's excited because she thinks she and Chris finally are going to take a try and true like good old fashioned try at this 
right before she needs to walk down the aisle as the maid of honor, Christopher gets a call and then he's talking to her. He's like, no, I actually need to talk to you right now. I can't stay for the wedding. I need to go. She's like, what do you, what do you mean? And he's like, well, Sherry's back in town. And then he drops the freaking biggest bombshell of them all. He got Sherry pregnant. Shocker. <laughs> no one is surprised. And Lorelai immediately, she just gets it. She understands what he's trying to say. Well, he uses the excuse that he missed out on everything with Rory, but that was his doing. He chose yeah. to up and leave. Yeah, that is all his fault. He skipped out on Rory's growing up. He missed first steps, first two, you know, everything. And he's he just reasons that he can't bring himself to do it a second time. Not that Rory wasn't his fault, but he couldn't bring himself to do it to a second child just because he wants to get some poonanny from the first lady. He is so irresponsible. Obviously. Doesn't know how to wrap it before you tap it. Exactly. Also, not even that. The fact that I don't feel like even at this point, he's invested in being a good father for Rory. I think all this was an excuse because I've seen it happen before in other relationships where he's just bouncing back to Lorelai yeah. because she's always there. Yeah, and you can tell that he and Sherry are hitting some kind of conflict and instead of dealing with it, she left town for a little bit and he also dipped. They're not dealing with their problems and that comes back to bite them later, but we will get there in a few seasons. But Christopher doesn't know how to man up and fix anything. No, it's not even that though. I just feel like also he's just a shitty dad because all he cares about is... The woman. Yeah, being with Lorelai and getting his dick wet. Like, sorry, that's kind of crass, but at this point, that's what it is. He's just irresponsible and he's just a trash human. Yeah. He's a spoiled, rich boy at this point, even though he is a 30-something-year-old man. 32, 33, say 33 or 34, yeah. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous. And I wish... Lorelai would call him out on that more. Yeah. Maybe she does in the future and I don't remember it. It is infuriating how he is weaseling his way back into Lorelai's life under the guise of, I want to be around for Rory more. Mm-hmm. When Nather, he's just actually getting close to her. That's how the sin ends with that big bombshell that now there's going to be a new Christopher spawn running around. If one was not enough. I can't stand him. I cannot stand him. He is everything I hate in a partner. He's everything I feel like at least I would fear in procreating with somebody. Yeah. Good news is Rory's almost 18 and Lorelai technically won't have to deal with him much longer. That is true, even though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to is the keyword. Which I vote. I know she's keeping the door open for them, whatever. If he didn't want to be bothered earlier, but at this point he's shown that he cannot be a responsible father, I would slam that door shut and I'd make sure that Rory knew if she wanted him to be involved, then she could make that choice. But if Christopher wanted to come around just because Christopher wanted to, he could screw right off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Personal opinion. Because if you can't be bothered before, why are you bothered now? Oh yeah, because my ass is looking fine. This is my vasectomy should be more prevalent because they're reversible but yeah that's the uh ending stint of season two yes it was a good place to end and i am glad we're past it dear god i hate chris god he's the worst if you liked what you heard give us a review on apple podcasts and you can tell your friends about us it's a good time especially if you love gilmore girls you can talk about it you can tell us how much you agree or disagree with us on our instagram and twitter at bitchwatchpod. you can tell me how much you hate my guts at bean.buttrito on instagram and drop the dot on twitter and then if you you can hit me up on my personal twitter or instagram instagram is witzy12 w-h-i-t-z-y-12 and twitter is ec underscore witzy yeah remember to make good choices or don't and be smart about it <laughs> aka don't sleep with your ex wrap it before you tap it guys wrap it before you tap it all right bye bye two bitches yeah two bitches two bitches just watching tv
<laughs> Bitch. <laughs>